Hi, and welcome in to the Charlie Reimer Podcast. And I'm going to tell you what, folks, uh, we have an amazing show for you today. Uh, you know, we always like to talk golf, life, and whatever it is I want to talk about. Because if you had a show, you talk about whatever you want to talk about, too. That's just the way it is. But uh, we've got two guests, uh, one in particular, Christina Kim, a star on the LPGA. She talks uh, about a lot of neat stuff. She is very dynamic. Uh, you are absolutely going to love this conversation with her. Uh, she's an amazing player, bigger than life personality. You're going to love hearing from Christina Kim. And then the other player we're going to talk to, former number one ranked junior golfer in the world, Akshay Batia. He, he could have written his own ticket to go to any school he wanted to go to play college golf. He said, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice and turn pro. So... That's what he did right at age 18. And guess what? He's already got a top 10 on the PGA Tour. He's a heck of a player. He's a super nice young man. He's dynamic. You're going to love the conversation that we have with both Christina Kim and Akshay Batia. Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Reimer Balls in the Air podcast. And what that means is if you've got a 7.30 a.m. tea time, you better show up on that first tee at 7.30 a.m. If you're late, we're teeing off without you. We like to have a lot of fun on this show. And right now, we've got one of the most fun people that I know. In fact, one of my favorite LPGA players. And I love her because she's enthusiastic. And she's honest. And she's authentic. She's a three-time LPGA winner. Christina Kim. Christina, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me. Are your uh, your balls up in the air right now? <laughs> Not yet, uh, but my tea time's about an hour or so away. So I'll be, I'll be on the first tea on time. I'm never late, Christina. Never late. So wow, hey. that's that's fascinating because the way I see it, golfers are late to everything, with the sole exception of their tea time. Yeah, that's exactly right. And a lot of athletes are that way. One of my kids, a football player, he was late to everything, but he was never in his whole life late for football practice. So the things that we care about, we managed to get there on time for, no doubt about that. But, Christina, I love following you on Twitter. You're always cutting up. You respond to as many people as you can. Um, you, you, and you do a little bit of broadcasting now. We'll get into that a little bit later. But the thing that's so inspiring about you is you've clearly made some huge changes in your life, and, and you, you look like a different person, and it's all positive. Tell me why you decided to change your entire lifestyle. Well, um, so in the summer of, late summer of 2019, I had done a, I don't remember, it might have been 10 out of 12 weeks I was out on, on, on tour on the road, and I was physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. And I'd had a number of people close to me in my life and a couple of friends who had tried doing the ketogenic lifestyle. I hate the word diet. It, you know, me so too. Many negative connotations. So it's got the word die right in it. I mean, come on. And um, I was, I just told myself, I said, hey, you know what? What on earth could go wrong? Like, let's just give it a try. And I, I have um, a very unique thing where I call what I do hibernation. It just basically means I'm a lazy slug for anywhere from like three to 10 days mm -hmm. where I'm legitimately in bed. I sleep about 17 hours a day. I subsist off of like water. And uh, this time around, it was like peanuts, not peanuts, excuse me, um, pecans and macadamia nuts. And I just wanted to reset and refresh my brain, 
reset, refresh my body, um, you know, and, and just reset all of my emotions. And I woke up out of this hibernation and I had kind of jumped into ketosis because, you know, having spoken to a number of people, they were like, oh, well, you get what's called the keto flu, which is, you know, you get like muscle cramps, you get headaches, you get brain fog, you get all of this. And I was like, well, that's pretty much my default setting as it is. So I just kind of gave myself the opportunity to just relax and sleep and stay in bed. And it, it was a four day excursion for me. And I woke up out of it. And, um, you know, prior to that, I probably spent 30 plus years addicted to sugar. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I was like, I don't, I don't want sugar. I don't want a soda. I don't want to go to the grocery store and walk to the checkout aisle and see a Snickers bar and pick it up. I was like, I want more macadamia nuts. I want, um, you know, oils and fats and things like that. And so that just kind of kickstarted it. Um, dropped something like 17 pounds in the first three weeks, ended up uh, dropping a, a, a almost three times that much more, um, you know, over the course of the next year, uh, started working out, you know, and it, it's, it's been a pretty awesome thing. You know, it was for me, it was never about the aesthetics. I always joke that I have, um, you know, and, and it's not funny per se, because this is a legitimate thing and something that I'm fortunate I don't suffer from where I say I have body image dysmorphia just in the reverse, where instead of looking in a mirror and say, oh, you fat slob or you this or that, whatever, I'm just like, you got a good heart, kid. Mm. And so, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm just like, hey, you know what? Everything's still moving around. (laughs) And, you know, I, I always look upon myself as an amoeba and I say, hey, you know what? That just means that there's plenty of room for me to fill with love and joy in my heart, in my body. The only thing is now my heart is maybe just a little bit less enlarged. I understand about that. And I, and, and I, and I've been on keto. Um, I, I've, I've struggled with, with some of the same issues that, that you talk about, lack of energy, just not feeling very good. And I've tried it a few times. And uh, at one point I'd lost about 65 pounds. Everybody said, oh, you, you feel great and all that. But I went in to brush my teeth one night to get ready to go for bed. And there was a large uh, chocolate Santa where I keep my toothbrush. And I hollered at my wife. I'm like, what's this in here for? And, and she says, <laughs> she says, eat it. <laughs> she said, she said, I'd rather live with a fat man than a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently on keto, I'm not much fun to live with. I hope it's a little different for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, I'm very much like you. I'm very, I'm emotional and animated. I, I'd like to think that because of the fact that, you know, nowadays I'm moving around with like 60% less weight with everything that I do, you know, my body itself is not working nearly as hard to, you know, die. And so I, I do have a new zest for life. Uh, for me personally, keto has been fantastic for my um, mental clarity and for my ability to be more patient, more kind. And, you know, it's just like nowadays I'm like, oh, you know what, if I'm craving, I'm going to go and I'm going to have an avocado or something mm-hmm. like that. Although I, I have, you know, I think maybe four times now I have gone back to, you know what, I used to like peanut butter on a banana. Like what's, what's that all about? And I'm just like, I'll take a bite and everything tastes so much better in my memory than it does in real life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's so much sugar. Yeah. And then I just have this huge sugar spike and then like this huge sugar crash. And I'm like, someone just hand me an avocado. please." <laughs> um, so my taste buds have changed. I've been very fortunate. You've, yeah. Thing. You've gone you know, through, I, 
you've gone through the full yeah. reset and, and, yeah. I, and I'm sure you get a lot of comments from your friends and colleagues and fans and that so forth that, and so forth. Do you worry about being able to sustain this new lifestyle? Well, I mean, just the way I see it right now, it is a lifestyle. And, and, and like you said, I have transitioned. I am, I am uh, fully uh, keto adapted is what they call it. Cause you know, even if I were to go and say, Oh, like I had pizza for the first time in like a year and a half. And I checked my ketones like the day after because I was like, oh, my gosh, what if all of a sudden my body's just like again, you know, mm. and this now like I'd be curious to know what the chemistry of my body is like when I checked my ketones. It was like, nope, you're still in nutritional ketosis. And, you know, I, I know that there there are some people that believe that you can go from being full ketosis into eventually uh, gradually adding in more carbohydrates and things like that. I just don't feel the desire for it. I'm, I'm one of I'm. I'm in a position right now where, you know, I've done it several times where I'm like, I used to really like Oreos. I'm going to try an Oreo. Like maybe, you know, whatever, let's just try one. And I'd take a bite and I'd be like, I, I don't like the consistency of it. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of the way, you know, and not to be some sort of like, you know, bougie hippie or something like that. I'm like, I don't like the way gluten feels in my mouth anymore. My, my taste buds have changed. Um, I'm huge into textures. So I like really crunchy, like veggies. I, I don't even eat fruit very much anymore. I, I, I love creaminess. I love, you know, those good fats and things like that. And mm -hmm. so for me, you know, I, I'm, I didn't look upon this as a journey to lose weight. I, I looked upon this more as a journey to just see what I can do. And I said, you know, if I end up passing away because I OD'd on avocados, like, yes, obviously there would be <laughs> You'd be the first one ever. <laughs> yes. And you know what? At the end of the day, I've had a good run. You mm. know, it's, it's you know, I, my thing is when, when it's your time to go, like, that train is not going to come back around. Like, it's, you, you got aboard when you got aboard. And, you know, so I just kind of fell full throttle into it. And it was more about the mental and emotional side of it than the physical. The physical has been a nice change. Yeah. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, I gotta buy new clothes. Like that is just, I gotta spend money on like bull crap like that. Like, come on now, man. Like, mm. just let me just do my thing. I just wanna feel better and I wanna think better. And so with the mental clarity gone up, um, you know, working out a ton more, like I just feel like a, you know, like a, a, a better version of myself instead of always joking that I'm just a golfer. You know, I feel like an athlete now. Yeah. The you way know, you've I'm been, like, the, I, the way you've been playing golf, Christina, buying new clothes isn't going to be a problem. Uh, Cause it looks like you're playing some great golf. And you mentioned it at the top of our interview and, and a lot of people that haven't played professional golf don't understand the wear and tear it takes on your body week in and week out physical, but also the emotional part as well. And are you seeing big rewards in your performance from these off-course lifestyle changes that you made? I would say overall, yes. It, 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 it's um, kind of hard to say because now I feel like I know what my potential is. And now I know that the sky is the limit. So for me, like I'll sit there and, you know, if I finish in like, you know, like top 30 or top 40 or something like that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like it you know, you look at the winning score and you're just like, if I just count the putts that I missed, I would have won by like seven or eight shots, let alone the shots that I had, mm -hmm. hit, you know, so there, there's a new challenge in, um, you know, and, and it's a constant battle and, and golf has so many wonderful parallels to life in that, you know, ultimately all you have to do is you have to be patient. And I'm like, well, I want to be patient right now, <laughs> right now. And so, you know, it's just, there's kind of like this ebb and flow to life. And, you know, I, I, I do believe in the law of averages and things like that. So I'm, I'm in a really good place. I've been playing some really, really good golf. 
um, you know, and, and I sit there and I'm like, okay, you know, like I've had, you know, um, you know, a couple of, I've, I've had a few top tens, this and that. And I'm just like, man, like, you know, first top 10 of, of the, of the 2020 season, like pre shutdown of everything, I was three shots out of a playoff. And I was like, man, like I could have made those, I could have made those shots up in my sleep, you know? And so there's, there's been a ton of positives and, and I've been a lot better about maintaining a more even keeled, you know, like I still lose my mind. Don't, don't you worry about that. Oh, I wasn't going to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Talking to my caddies, you know, I sit there and I was like, I mean, I don't need anybody to commentate over my shots. Like if you just put the Mm. camera on me, give me a mic, I will sit there and commentate for myself. And yet now I'm able to just get over it and be like, okay, yeah, I missed that green or I missed that shot by a couple of feet that's not to say that I'm not going to get this up and down or, you know, what? instead of having a four foot putt, I've got 12 feet. Now I can still make that, you know, I, I, I have this new sense of, of positivity. I, I have this new sense of, um, you know, just true opportunity now. And so I'm just so excited to see what can happen when all of the, uh, the pieces kind of start falling in together. And it's, it's very, very exciting. And at 36, you know, I'm in my, I'm in my physical prime. <laughs> Well, pretty soon you'll be 53 like me, and 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 that isn't a whole lot of fun. Yeah, that isn't a whole lot of fun because everything goes wrong then. But we appreciate your positivity. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm just going to finish with this. This is a yes/no question. We've seen you doing some golf commentary for PGA Tour Live. Everybody has loved it. Yes or no? Are we going to see you in the future doing more live golf commentary for the men or the women? Yes or no? I will say. Yes, dot, 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 question mark. <laughs> Understood. If there's only, there's got... only so much that I'm able to, Yeah. Uh, I'm only in control of so much. It's not necessarily just up to me. I had a wonderful time. Love that. Love the opportunity to do it. Super, super fun. Um, and it just kind of depends on what my schedule looks like and what the schedule of uh, like the PGA Tour looks like or even the LPGA Tour, Champions Tour, Corn Ferry. Symmetra Tour, you know, <laughs> UFJ events, PJ Tour Little League. Um, I, you know, just give me a mic. Don't even give me a camera or anything like that. I mean, it's 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 so much. Fun. I understand, but you got some more good playing to do ahead of you at 36 with your newfound success and your lifestyle change. Christina, thanks for joining us, and best of luck moving forward. Thank you so much, Charlie. It's so great to always talk to you. I love you, man. <laughs> love you too, Christina. Welcome into the Charlie Reimer Balls in the Air podcast. And what that means is if you've got a 9 a.m. tea time, we're putting the balls in the air at 9 a.m. We talk uh, golf, life, pretty much anything I want to talk about because it is my podcast and TV show. (laughs) Today, I'm thrilled to have joining us Akshay Batia, the former number one world-ranked junior golfer who decided, I'm too good to go play college golf. And from what I can tell, he made the right decision. It, it's so good to have you joining us on the show, Akshay. I know you recently had your first ever top 10 finish on the PGA Tour. That came out in Napa in the Safeway Open. And let's just start right there. What, what did it feel like to pick up that first top 10 on the PGA Tour? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, it was amazing. I mean, I had my cousin out there is his birthday that week. Uh, and then, you know, during this pandemic, I had, I had the idea of just having my friend caddy me for the next, you know, few months on mini tours. And we were going to 
plan on Canada and obviously that got canceled, but having him out there caddying me and it's funny because he doesn't have any experience caddying. He's played a little bit of golf and, um, you know, it's just great. Like I felt like I did a lot of things great. Um, and it was just a matter of time when I got comfortable and, you know, my game showed it. So it, it was awesome. And just to be back in Napa, it was really cool because I played, that was my second event last year. And, mm -hmm. um, just to get, you know, the season started perfect, almost perfect. It was, uh, it's definitely great for the rest of the season during, you know, no Q school or, and it's definitely harder to get into, um, Cornberry events now with the Mondays being so deep. So it, it was great. And I had a great time. You, you've grown up in the Raleigh area. You have ties uh, to the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area. Uh, Alan Terrell, who's a director of instruction down at the Dustin Johnson School of Golf in, in Merle's Inlet, spent a lot of time working with you over the years. We've followed you very closely throughout your career. In fact, uh, I'm going to say this is probably at least a fourth or fifth time I've interviewed you. And clearly you could have gone to any school that you wanted to go to uh, and, and gotten a full ride. But you decided age 17 to forego college and turn pro, uh, tough time to do that, as you just mentioned, but, but big picture, how is that decision working out for you? It's definitely working out. I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of great players that have kind of taken me under their wing, but especially with everything going on and, you know, not a lot of colleges are playing tournaments this season. And this would have been my first year, you know, going to college and it would have been a lot of studying, staying in the dorm rooms not playing a lot of competition golf and it's really, really turned out and it's probably a blessing in disguise that that's just kind of shows more gratitude with the decision I made. Um, and I, I really enjoy it. I mean, I get to get to hang out at home a lot, get to travel, you know, get to go to so many really cool, really cool places and especially traveling with my friend all the time. It just makes it a little, little more special. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having a good, good team around me with my agents, my coaches, uh, it's definitely helps make me feel more comfortable. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing right now. And it's, uh, it's fun just being able to play against some of the best players in the world and, you know, showcase myself, grow my brand, um, have fans at 18 years old. It's, it's cool. And a lot of people look up to me. So it's, it's definitely um it's going in the right direction and I'll, I'll say that the development I've had in the last year is probably I don't think I could have I, I could have learned as much as I have in in college um if I went this year one of the things when you decided to turn pro and and just eyeballing you you're you're six two last time I saw you 130 pounds um, and I'm seeing DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy. You know, they're, they're, they're getting close to being able to carry the ball 400 yards. You know, I've seen some numbers on DeChambeau there yeah. that are just crazy. At 130 pounds, do you feel like you're giving up something to, to the guys that have had a chance to maybe be a little more developed physically than you at age 18? Um. I mean, where the game's going, it's pretty crazy. But for me, like, I definitely create enough speed to where I'm not I'm not losing a whole lot because um, 
growing up, I've been a pretty good iron player, uh, long irons, short irons are getting better, but I'm, I'm able to create 180, 80 plus miles of ball speed, especially in tournaments. Wow. Uh, with the adrenaline pumping, I can probably get up to 185, 184. So obviously what Bryson's doing is crazy, but, and he's in contention a lot of the time, but it's not like he's winning every single week and same with Dustin, he's not winning every single week. So there's plenty of guys out there that don't hit it far that win. And I think a great example of that was uh, obviously Martin Laird winning at Shriners. He's playing mm. against, you know, Wolf, who's a great player, hits it far, tears up the par fives, but he ended up on top at the end of the day. So there's uh, where the game's going. It's great, but I don't believe that hitting it 400 yards that it's just going to take care of business <laughs> like that. So 130 pounds and you're getting ball speed above 180. I, actually, I think I was 130 pounds in the fourth grade. <laughs> we're, yeah, it's, we're, it's tough. Where in the world is that power coming from? Are you spending a lot of time in the gym? I'm trying. It's it's definitely hard at 18. You know, being a teenager, it's hard to want to wake up, go to the gym, eat right. Um, I'm trying as hard as I can, but I'm lanky. I've figured out how to create the speed with my coach um and it's just you i watch a lot of you know long drive drivers or guys who hit it far and you just see them kind of lift uh in that first half with their whole body it's all an extension and then they're just using the ground as much as they can and i really developed you know having a pretty short backswing and just extending as much as i can and just using the ground use creating a lot of arm speed and i was I remember listening to Bryson. He's doing a lot of like workouts with his lats because it's all about pulling down with his, with his arms as fast as he can. So it's just picking up on small things like that and trying it out. And if it works, it works. And obviously what he's doing, it's, he's trying a lot of things. I want to uh, sort of change gears with you a little bit now. And uh, you, you just mentioned that, that you have fans. You have obviously a, a lot of folks that are following what you're doing, both adults, but in particular uh, with junior golfers, <clears throat> your path of, of, of turning pro and, and not going to college, is that a path that you would talk to other junior golfers about? Honestly, no. I mean, you – I don't know how many people can really deal with how much goes on in pro golf. Cause when it's really low, you can't, you know, you can't fall back on your team or you just, you, you don't have as many people to communicate with around you, especially around your age. And unless, you know, you show that you're good enough and you have the opportunity to get in certain events, then it's hard because you don't want to be stuck on the mini tours and regret not going to college and getting, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, I guess the like showcase of yourself on TV on the NCAAs or Eastlake cup. Um, and with what they're doing now with the corn Ferry uh, or the PGA school for the college players, you know, it's a great thing for a lot of guys developing in college because once they get to that senior year and they have a good year you're on the corn ferry tour and you don't really have to worry about going through the harder process of key school um it's definitely a hard life 
for some people. I enjoy it. I've always had the mindset of being a pro golfer, so I was kind of ready for it. And I mean, you've, you've seen so many players that go to college that are good. Mm-hmm. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Dustin, I mean, Brooks, all these guys have gone to college and they've succeeded. So there's no right or wrong way. It's just, what do you prefer? And uh, having just a good team and a good plan before you turn pro. Well, certainly the European model has seen a lot of players out of Europe that are some of our best players in the game today that didn't go to school. Roy McIlroy comes to mind. Ian Poulter comes to mind. Lee Westwood. So there's a lot of really good players in the world of professional golf that have achieved at a really high level without going to college. We just don't see that a lot in the U.S. Yeah. And, and I, actually, I, w- I want to finish with this. It, it's a lot of us that grew up in golf, in particular good at an early age, our friends were a lot older than we were. I, I know it's certainly the case for Tiger Woods. It was a case for me growing up here in in South Carolina, and, and having friends is important, but, but a lot of people don't know the challenge of having friends you get to see every day and interact with and hang out with. When when you're doing what you're doing, that's a big sacrifice, isn't it? I mean, finding folks that are your age yeah. to hang out with has got to be tough. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, all the kids that, my, that are my age are going to college this year, and there's only I, – I really only have – two or three friends that are home sometimes all of Mm -hmm. them are older than me like you said I always grew up playing with older players um so yeah you do sacrifice a lot of the social aspect of it but like I said I I enjoy you know hanging out with PGA Tour players and my coach like I have a good time doing what I'm doing and I've developed a pretty good foundation around me that it at the end of the day once I'm whatever 25 30 and hopefully successful on the pga tour i'll have enough friends to to go hang out with or when i turn 21 go to vegas hang out with them (laughs) and uh so it is it is a big sacrifice and it definitely is hard sometimes but i i enjoy it so yeah, it's not, not so gonna... bad having having the friends that you are able to hang out with. A lot of those are friends with Jets. That's always a good thing. Akshay, yeah. Batia, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the update on your career. And and will you keep us posted? Because it's going to be a, a lot of fun to see how high you go in this game. And I'm betting it's going to be really, really high. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And definitely keep you updated, hopefully, on the leaderboards and uh, on my Instagram, obviously. So best of luck to you, Akshay. Thank you. Thanks, Charlie.